The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlors to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back on another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, villain real. It's real, Furman Jr. at your service. And it's a Wednesday in the association. So I got my guy Scott Studio Russia with me. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Looking forward to going through today's card. I know yesterday was pretty decent for me. Ended up winning the dog. I had the Spurs on the money line, which was nice. Uh, the Nets historically awful in San Antonio. To be honest, none of that mattered because Kyrie ended up not playing and the Nets uh-huh. just don't have any offensive talent when Kyrie and Katie are not on the floor. So San Antonio did enough, mostly Keldon Johnson, who was great in the second half. I believe he had 28 points in the second half, I think. Finished with 36. So he was very good. Shout out to Simmons, who had a triple-double in a loss. But, you know, uh, overall, can't complain too much about the card. You? Oh, man. I mean, I, I've i had better days. I think, for the most part, against the spread, I was okay. I was on Milwaukee. Milwaukee's 5-0 and and 1, I think. Maybe 6-0. I don't remember if that graded as a push. On, back, on back-to-backs? Or? Yeah, on back-to-backs. So, Historic, uh, very good on back-to-backs this season, and t- most of the time they're missing some of their top guys. So, really good spot for them in that game. OG and Anobi, man. Sometimes, like you have intel in the NBA, and everything makes sense. One plus one equals two, and you watch the game, and that two becomes a fish really, really quick. Because, dog, I was sitting there. OG Anobi, nine of the last ten games, he's hit over one and a half threes. Nine of the last ten. Four of the last five against Milwaukee. That man started the game 0 for 4 from three. I hate it when that happens. That's that's always a rough one. Terrible. Like, everything, everything, check the box. Box check, box check, box check. Had the matchup. Uh, he normally plays, you know, he's a he's a small forward, but he normally plays the four. Like, they normally give that small forward position to Scotty Barnes. Bucks, one of the worst teams against the three, against the power forward position. And I'm just watching the game, and I'm just watching Pressure Achua hit three after three. And I'm like, man, I wish OG could do that. I, I, I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. It's just sometimes when 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 it's too good, that's how you know Vegas made a call because there's no way. There's no way. He was like one for 13 last night. The volume was crazy. I, I, I know that was definitely the case. I'm not sure what his final stat line was, but I know for a fact that he kept shooting them and he just couldn't make any. He had like one or two made shots. It's not over mm-hmm. two. It's not over two. I, I was literally watching the game. I'm like, man, he can't even make a freaking layup. Like, there's no way I'm getting these threes. And I tried to tweet it out, but I still had a little bit of conviction that he was gonna figure get it out hot. at some point. Yeah, and just make two back to back. Like go on, like they go on a run, make one, get a defensive possession. He comes back to the same spot, makes another. I had a little bit of conviction, and that's where you mess up when you try to reverse jinx things. 
reverse jinxes only work when you are 100% convicted and you're at the point where you're about to rip that ticket up. That's when a reverse jinx will work. It will not work when you're trying to reverse jinx and you have a little bit of conviction that it'll come through. You have to fully give up on the bet and then the reverse jinx works, I promise you. But either way, it sounds like player props weren't exactly too kind to you. Did you at least have Embiid or Lillard or somebody? Because I know that you expected Lillard to absolutely. Oh, of course I had him. Of course I had Lillard. Unfortunately, I had Lillard in a crazy parlay with, guess what? OG and OB3. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I thought that OG might get hot against them. So I did like a Lillard OG, like five threes early on, very, very early in the game. I knew he wasn't getting the five threes. So I just went ahead and ripped that one up. But, oh, man. Uh, let's, I mean, we could talk about a little bit while people are, he said he's not going to get to it. Harton, really, really? Well, I mean, it just wasn't, it's not even that it wasn't his night. They didn't even attempt to get him going. Yeah, it, it was really a mix where, on one hand, you want Harden to be more aggressive and you want him to force the issue a bit more because he's the second-best player. On the other hand, Embiid's going for 40, so just give Embiid the damn ball. So it was mm-hmm. kind of just a mix there where you knew as soon as the game started, they can't cover Embiid. We knew that going into the game. He's had 36-plus points in four of the last five games against the Clippers now. Mm-hmm. So I liked Embiid over, as I mentioned it. I thought he'd have a shot to go for 40. He went for 41. Having said that, I do think that what we saw from Harden last night is a big reason why I am not picking Philly to do much in the playoffs. It's because I still don't trust Harden to actually show up in big games when he needs to. Mm -hmm. And yes, you could argue he didn't need to last night and there are more important games on the horizon. You're not wrong, but I've seen Harden take nights off all the time. And it's been an issue in years past in the playoffs. If the shot's not falling, he'll keep forcing it. Or mentally, he'll just be fried, and he won't even bother. And at that point, he mentally checks out, and his aggression completely goes out the window. What do you attempt? Like six shots last night? Seven shots Yeah, it was six. I think he was one for six, two points. It was something crazy. And he drew some free throws at the end where I know Morris reached in. He did his classic move to get two free throws and stuff to kind of pat it a little bit at the end. But Harden looked Man, like that picked. one was like, that one was, it was really, like, if you're Marcus Morris, you got to know he's doing that. Like, it was dead in your face. Like, he straight up went to the body on him. And it was just, I was watching that. That was a specific play that I noted. And I'm like, wow, James Harden is still capable of doing that. He's still capable of doing it. I don't know what Morris is, is doing. Hand checking got outlawed about 15 years ago. I don't know why you're putting your hand on his chest. But still. I just thought at the end of the day, Harden didn't need to do much, but I was a bit concerned about how much of a non-factor their second-best player was. They were just fortunate the Clippers stink, and they were able to take advantage of it. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a good segue talking about the same game because we've roasted the Clippers all year long. They had the highest win total in the Western Conference, I think in the league, actually, entering the season. No, it was Boston. Oh, sorry. So it was the most in the Western Conference. It was the second most in the league. And I know both of us were laughing Mm -hmm. at the win total in the 50s because we knew we couldn't trust the Clippers. You had Kawhi and Paul George last night. You still got run out of your own building. Is there anything the Clippers Mm -hmm. can really do at this point? Are they just screwed? Because I really don't think that this team is good enough to even make it out of the second round at this point. Make it out of the second round? You got them getting to the second round? I said, I don't even think they, I said I'm thinking best case scenario, I think. Is oh, the second okay. Round. I was about to say, I don't even think they make it to the second round. Like, I really don't. This no, is best case scenario is they win the first round somehow, despite probably being, I don't even know, a five seed at this point, like a six seed. 
I mean, is it uh, is it guaranteed that they even get one of those top six seeds at this point? No, like, but I- I'm assuming the stars, George and Kwai, will play enough in the second half that they'll avoid being a playing team. I don't believe that at all. I'm okay. actually terrified for this Clippers team that one of these people, one of those two goes down again, and they just say, all right, we'll save them for the playoffs. Like, I'm terrified for this team. With it's that. possible. At the end of the day, I still don't think this team is very good. They're a very deep nah. team, but the issue is a lot of their guys think that they should be starters, and as a result, whenever they do play, they jack up a bunch of bad shots. And Morris has been overall pretty decent this year, but we know he's not afraid to shoot the ball a lot. Reggie Jackson's always been, uh, I don't know what to call him, a natural heat check guy because he thinks he's the best player on the floor when he's probably like the sixth best player on the floor every time he's playing. But it depends on the night, too. He could be all the way down at 9 10. <laughs> he could be. But the point is, it's really just a sign that the Clippers have not been improving all season long. And you can chalk it up to Kwai or Paul George missing time earlier this season. Mm-hmm. It's a cool story. The problem is when both of them play, they're still they still don't look great out there. So Philly, they beat they beat a team that they're better than, and they looked good because Embiid was unstoppable the entire game. The Clippers just aren't very good. And we're on the same page with the Clippers because we were roasting them all year long, mostly mm-hmm. with the team total unders to start. But people keep waiting for this Clippers team to come around. And they're not, not going to look around. at like future odds. The Clippers are still somewhat up there. They they got no chance in hell of winning the Western Conference. That that's just not happening. I will uh, I will shave the Clippers insignia to the back of my head if they win the Western Conference. I'd be shocked. I would be literally like that is that is probably I would lose a lot of money because I probably faded them the entire way getting there. Like, I don't think there's a single point that I would be like, oh, yeah, let me get back on them. Oh, yeah, let me get back on them. I probably faded them the entire way, and I lost a bunch of money. And the Western Conference is interesting because you don't have many breakaway teams except for one. And we talked about the Warriors in the past and how they're struggling, but at least they've been there before. That's the main difference. The Clippers have never won anything ever since they got Kawhi. And there's different because at least the Warriors' core have won a championship before. Licking my chops if I get the Clippers in the first round. I feel good about that matchup. Yeah. I feel really good about that matchup if I get the Clippers in the first round. Oh, man. All right. I was going to say, there's to... no breakaway teams except for the team that we mentioned about a month ago. The Grizzlies have been cooking, and they look like the best team in the West. Yeah, they. I mean, they. we said it like those It was a, it was a losses, delayed fuse. We thought yeah, they would break it open. It took them like after an extra the Warriors, week. They, I think they've won 10 straight. Like they, they've yeah, been after, on fire. After the Warriors, yeah. we were like, oh, yeah, they're going to, you know, they're about to go on a run. Then they lost that really bad game to the Suns. And then we were like, all right, now here's the run. Mm-hmm. And then the run came. And so, uh, proud of Memphis for turning the Jets on. We'll talk about them later today. Last thing I want to talk about before we get to the games is 76ers. I know you said that you, you know, you're down on the 76ers. And I've been too for the most part, but they're good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, just, I just don't think they're going to be able to piece it together for the playoffs. But this adjustment of putting of bringing Maxi off the bench full time, I love it. It's a great adjustment. It. I was watching it last night, and I was just sitting there like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a good move!" Like it was different points in the game where the Clip, not the Clippers, but where the Sixers Sixered and just kind of gave away the lead that they had. But when I was watching Maxi with the second unit, and I was watching the contrast of 
them being able to play a slower style pace. They still ran, you know, they they ran basically the whole game. So they still ran a more of an up-tempo pace than they normally do with Hart and Embiid on the floor. But when Maxi came on, it was off to the races. Yeah, and I think it's a great adjustment, as you said. So I do agree with you on that point, but it doesn't change the fact that in the playoffs, I still don't trust Doc Rivers and I still don't trust James Harden. No, yeah, so, for sure. That, that's not going to change for me. I will say they 100% look like a better team than they did a week ago. Oh, they do. Move, they look once, like 100%. Once again, I'm not saying that the Sixers are a bad team. They're clearly a good team. I'm just not picking them to beat Boston or Milwaukee in a playoff series. No, no, I'm not saying you are either. I'm just I'm I'm just saying I love the move for the Sixers. It's a move that I didn't think that they were bold enough to make. But apparently Tyrese Maxey texted Doc Rivers, texted called something and said, "Hey, if this is what's better for the team, do it." And it's it's it looked really good last night. Like it yeah. looked really really good, good last night. All right. That's enough of talking about last night. Let's get into today's breakdown. But before we do that, I got to talk to you about the online, official online sportsbook of Sports Island Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. Look, the NFL playoffs are here, and you can get in on the action doing a whole bunch of different things from WinBet. You can place your normal live game bets. You can do the same game, build your own bet parlay. You can do live betting. You got everything you need, promos, odds, payouts, all of that. Over at WinBet, sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the longest, the biggest long shot of the weekend, so create a parlay. Create a parlay, something crazy, something insane. I'm definitely going to create something insane. And place it in WinBet, and if it is the biggest long shot parlay of the weekend, you can get a $1,000 free credit. So, Head over to uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. All subject change terms conditions at winbet.com. It's between an older and present state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Scott, I might have to put the Giants in that parlay for the biggest long shot parlay. Of the week. Oh, don't give away all our stuff. We got the NFL podcast later. Oh, all right. All right. I'm actually surprised, by the way. I'm surprised you didn't go on some type of Portland rant because Lillard went nuts again and they still lost. No, no. I I mean, I, I really had a lot to say about the four games that happened last <laughs> night. So I tried to keep it short. but really I, I, I'm just saying you can go on a Lillard rant if you want to or nah, rant if you want to. I mean, Dame Lillard is that guy. Like, he's that guy. But I told you yesterday in our little group chat that, hey, I think Dame and – Jokic are at the point of their career where they're so good, like Jokic more, but uh, that they're so good that you you're at the point where you have to start saying that you know they're they're too good for their team at this point. There's no team success. They have not had any success in the playoffs either team. I think I don't I don't even think the Nuggets have made a Western Conference Finals. They did. They made it in the bubble because AD hit that buzzer beater in game. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So they yeah they made a Western so one Western Conference Finals with Jokic, one Western Conference Finals with Dame. Like I think Portland and, has and to make Dame a move. beat Jokic to make it to the Western Conference Finals. That was a while ago. Yeah, he did. It was a while ago. Was that McCollum had that crazy game seven? But was there something? Was that a three-one comeback? Was that a what was that? No, I think I think that was potential. They won Game Seven in Denver, so I'm assuming it was a three-two comeback. Okay, all right. I knew it was something like that. Yeah, no. Oh man, I mean, I just. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know what to say. And I mean, I really feel like they need to make a move. I think that when they make a move and just add another scorer off the bench, maybe some rim protection that would do. Good I, I was going to say, if if I was fixing the Blazers quickly, my my immediate fix would be a trade Nurkic for a more athletic center. Yeah, no, that, no and that's what Nurkic, I said. Like he's a good facilitator. I get all that big body. You can but- get a lot for him. You can get a lot for him. You probably could get a decent amount, but in today's NBA, you you have to switch everything, and Nurkic is going to get killed in pick and roll every time. Like there's yeah. no, there's nothing you can do about it. You need a more athletic center. I like Eubanks the backup. I think he's actually decent. But can you imagine a Portland team? His name's involved in trade talks all the time. I'm not saying Portland's going to get him. How much better do you think Portland would be with like a Miles Turner, like somebody yeah. like that? They'd be a lot better. Like I don't think Nurkic yeah. is well equipped enough to guard well defensively and that's why portland's defense has kind of fallen off a cliff yeah i think that with a miles turner i think that that's just an example by name it doesn't if have they to be make if they make a move for you know like a mitchell robinson type yeah like, like any, anybody that's athletic some somebody that can just move in front with the person in front of them able to still fight for the rebounds that he gets like i think portland and I'll be – I'm expecting – well, I'm not expecting to see them make a move as Portland. But if they do make a move, then you'll see me come on this podcast and, you know, say that it's a great move for Portland more than likely. They also don't have many great facilitators. Once again, I'm not going to go into a deep dive on Portland, but we know Lillard's been getting assists a decent amount. Simons has never been a big assist guy, and Grant's never been a big assist guy. So the ball can get a mm-hmm. bit stagnant at times. Now, it's fine because Lillard can drop 40, but I'm just acknowledging the ball movement's not always great with that team. But defensively, that's why I like Josh Hart because Josh Hart doesn't care. Like Josh yeah, Hart, Hart doesn't care. You. The problem is like I don't know if you actually want Josh Hart like generating offense for your team. He's most. I think uh, it was. I think when there was a stretch where Lonzo was out for uh, New Orleans and Josh Hart looked really good, like as the you know pseudo point guard for that team. Like as the pseudo point guard, they never use him that way because the ball's always in Willard's hands. But yeah, I, I like Hart as a role player. I just think that when it comes to actually creating offensive sets, Josh Hart being your primary ball handler is probably what two percent of your plays. Because oh yeah. You have so if I'm, and if I'm Chauncey, I'm working with uh, Gary Payton second day in and day out. Like I need you to do something other than defense. I need if you're going to come in, I need you to be able to run the offense to a T and keep the second strings like. The ball moving, or at least be a spots. ball. Do something. Yeah, like I need you to be. I need you to be a five, six assists type of guy per game. Like yeah, I need way, you to be able to do that. The way that I see Portland, they have a lot of isolation scores, and that's basically it. And then defensively, once again, I, I just think Nurkic is not. I'd say he's he's in the wrong generation right now. Like he'd be so good in the 1980s, 1990s, even 2000 like tens, early mm-hmm. 2010s. But nowadays, when you need to switch everything, you can't really get away with playing a center the size and stature of Nurkic. He's just not mobile enough. You can't get away with it. I'd be interested to see a milestone trade. I think that that's a deal that they could probably work out too. That was just an example. Indiana, I don't think it's going to blow it up with Halliburton being out though. I expect them to fall off a cliff. So we'll see if they can make, we'll see if they make a move, but you get my point. I don't think they're athletic enough in the front court. All right. For everybody that skipped the first 20 minutes and got straight to the picks. Usually we spend 30 minutes, so you should be a bit happy (laughs) we cut that short. First game on the docket, we have the Washington Wizards on the road going to play the New York Knickerbockers. The Knicks are laying six and a half at home. 
222 and a half is the total injury report that I have for these two teams for the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal is questionable with the hamstring. And for the New York Knicks, guess what? There is nothing. Pretty clean entry report for the Knicks tonight. All right, Knicks land six and a half at home. I'm going to ask you this because I know you're the no. Knicks fan, so I'll let you go first. No. This team's been very streaky all year. No. They've won a bunch of games recently. Then they lost to Toronto in overtime. No. Are they going back on the downswing? No. Okay, so you're taking the Knicks. I don't know if I'm taking the Knicks, but I don't think they go back. What on the, the hell? Downswing. What the hell was that? <laughs> I was just saying no. I know I you like were. You were gonna, I was trying. I felt to like you were going to troll me at some point. Like, like a yeah, I felt like you were going to troll me. I was at trying some to point. set you up. So no, you expect them to stay hot? Cool. You taking them? No. Yeah, for or, the most part, I, I do. What? Yeah, <laughs> I still know. <laughs> it's still no. Uh, for the most part, I do expect them to stay on the hot streak, and I I think that they they're you know a money line piece in this game to get a win, but. You know, I, I just have an issue with the Knicks. In the fourth quarter Tough, of games? Fourth quarter of games, anything outside of the first half, honestly. And it's more of the fact that, you know, they still don't have a good ATS record at home. Mm-hmm. And that's really, like, a big issue for me. And it, like I said, it's, it's very understandable. Like, it's very plausible and understandable why the Knicks – why the Lakers would not have good ATS records at home because guess what? These are like the two biggest places that everybody dreams when they're a kid to go play basketball, hit a game winner, have a big game, do whatever. And my issue on fading the Knicks, though, is that Washington doesn't look good. Like, they don't look good. And Beal's still out, so that doesn't help. But Yeah, and even when Beal's in, like, it's not like a – Oh, they're not good anyway. I don't see anyway. a jump. <laughs> yeah, I don't anyway. see a jump saying. when Buell is like, in the game. The ball gets very stagnant. They look very confused on offense. It looks like they're trying to force people touches at times. Like, I really don't get it with this Washington team. And granted, they are a pickup basketball team of a bunch of, guy, bunch of guys that just showed up to the gym and said, hey, you want to get on a team play together? Like, that's what the Wizards look like as a team. So this is really – it shouldn't be that – confusing but could be worse though you could be the rockets with an aau basketball team could be worse yeah you're right you're right they're they're very aau like for sure they're probably all the same age as the people in the aau circuit so i'm not laying this many points with the knicks at home like i just can't do it i I, i'm on the first half i like them for the first half of the game these two teams just played recently too the other day did wasn't it yeah it was like the other day the 13th it was friday or saturday i think it was friday yeah, Friday the 13th, uh, 112, 108, Knicks won and covered that game, covered by the hook. And that's a good example you brought up because I believe they were favored by around four and a half in that game. And the Knicks were up 10 with like four minutes to go. And suddenly, next thing you know, it's basically a one Depending on game. where you got the closing line at three and a half, at four, at four and a half, you either, you know, your bet went one of three ways. Like it's not just a, they just covered it. And so they were actually even slow in that first half. Like, they they lost the first half in that game. I believe it was the late third quarter, early fourth quarter push that got the Knicks up a decent amount. But once again, they were up 10. They almost blew in the final three minutes. Yeah, I I just – I can't trust this team laying this many points at home. I really can't. It, it Normally, that should be a really good spot to back teams at home, but I just can't do it with the Knicks. So I'll take the Wizards plus six and a half. I still think the Knicks get a win. I just think that it's closer than what it probably should be. And, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Knicks first half. Like, 
that's that's a gift that keeps on giving. And they just lost it to this team earlier. Oh, I know. I, I had the first half as my lock uh, for uh, Friday. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so I think this is the matchup that they come back and get that one. What are you doing? Uh, I think I agree with you about – I have to agree with you on Nick's first half. I am agreeing with you on the Wizards. Uh, I don't typically like to back teams uh, that are laying a decent amount of points in almost an immediate rematch. Two meetings in two weeks. I, I kind of, or two meetings in one week, actually. I think the Wizards can hang with this team, kind of. I think it'll be close. I'm not picking the Wizards to win. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not picking the Wizards to pull off an upset, but I think they can keep it close. Maybe mm-hmm. Porzingis has a nice game back in MSG. We'll see what happens. But I see people talking about Brunson. I believe I see Brunson's points prop at 25 and a half. Oh my gosh, like, how do I not, like, at what point do we fade Jalen Brunson? Like, he has to show us. He has to show us that he can't consistently hit this prop anymore. I I mean, he's had at least 26 and 7 straight. So I'm not going to take the under. I'm going to go with the over in that one. But Yeah, for sure. I I feel like Brunson, who just had 34 against this team, is still in great form. I'm not going to pivot off of him. Like, can I? I I don't think I can. Like, he's he's been... The only way I would pivot... And this is just me being concerned because we're, we're, excuse me, we're getting to a point where he's just hitting this way too much. Like, oh, his numbers are way gonna... inflated as well. You're, you're hope, you're expecting him to come back down at some point. So the only way I'm, the only way I'm quote unquote fading this is by taking his assist. It's just saying that okay, now they decide to trap him. Now they just try decide to get the ball out of his hands, and somebody else does the work for him. So that's the only way I would not play Brunson's points is by playing the assistant set and hoping that this is one of those eight, nine, ten assist games for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to play it. There's no way I really can't. This number does feel a bit short. I mean, it is a minus 130, but at the end of the day, we saw a couple numbers last night, mostly Embiid, who was at 31 and a half, and it was minus 125, minus whatever. And at yeah. some point, you look at the number and go, I really don't care. Like, I don't think this team can stop this guy. I don't think anybody on Washington can stay in front of Bronson. Yeah. And they don't have the rim protection to stop him when he gets to the rim. No. So, who's their best defender on the team? Like, is it Avdia? Like, I don't even know who the hell their best defender is on this team. Um, I know DeLon Wright can't guard him. Um, wow. And that's odd because this team actually has been good defensively all year, but I. They don't have any stoppers. Like, that's. A, that's yeah, a I can't problem. tell you one person that I think. You know, oh, that person is going to get a stop. I think they just – this is a well-coached team. <laughs> I mean, they're I don't know. the best they can for, what, for the parts that they have. I, yeah. I mean, they're, they're an awful team because they're 18 and 26, but then you remember Beal's missed a bunch of games. Porzingis has missed some games here and there. He's been mostly healthy, though, and they don't really have any true point guard, and yet they're 18 and 26. Like, you'd assume this team would be a lot worse. Wow, I'm really interested in who their best defender is. I'm gonna have to. I think it might be Avdia, and I'm not even sure if he's a good defensive player. I'm talking about perimeter defenders. Like overall, you could argue maybe Gafford, but it's still. But Gafford's got his ankles broken, and Julius Randle killed him the last time they played. So (laughs) he put him in the rim. So I don't know if Gafford's playing. I don't know if he's you know potentially traumatized, maybe in Mm -hmm. therapy for what Randle did to him last time. But they really don't have many good defenders, if any. It's bad. All right, let's see here. And I'm looking uh, at Porzingis' points as well. Uh, I see. His yeah, I was. I, that's what I was just sitting here about to say. Let's just go ahead and back Porzingis tonight. 
It's not even the MSG spot, which of course helps, but you're looking at his number. It's at 20 and a half. And you look at his recent performances with Wall being out, and not Wall, wow, Wall being out. That's a massive throwback. Uh, with, with Beal being out, with Beal being out, with Beal being out, you know, he just has the ultimate green light. He's taken a bunch of shots lately, but to go through the point totals, he scored at least 22 points in. Let me see if I got this: five, six, in eight of the last nine, including 21 against the Knicks last time out. He went six for 19, so he didn't even shoot well, but he still attempted 19 shots. I think 20 and a half is too low. Yeah, I like it. All right. Total sitting at 222 and a half. Any quick thoughts? Not really. Uh, the last meeting landed 220, which gives me nothing to work with. I guess I'm going to lean to the uh, I don't know, over, I guess. I mean, the Knicks have been scoring well lately. Maybe the Knicks can put up 120 themselves. Like, I think that's a distinct possibility, but it's still uh, potentially a thing. I'll link to the over, and I hope the Knicks do enough. You? Eh, I'm going under. I don't have a strong opinion about it. The number's kind of exactly where it should be. Yeah, last game pushed at 220. Three games before that, all under. So, I mean, I'm not playing it, but if for in terms of tally site, I'll put under up there. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Dallas is laying two at home, 233.5 is the total. Hawks have a clean injury report. Don't hear that too many times with them. Yeah. Luka Doncic is probable. THJ is out. I didn't know that. Well, you know, it should be a Doncic Doncic, uh, trade show because, you know, I mean, everybody and their mother is going to be betting that. So, Of course. (laughs) DFS is likely to play. Josh Green likely to play. McKinley Wright is out. You know you're not going to see Maxi Cleaver. I really didn't know. I missed THJ getting injured. I missed that completely. Don't remember seeing that. All right. What does Hardaway have? He has a foot injury or something? Ankle. I, it was just a pure guess, by the way, because he had a history of, of leg yeah. injuries his entire career, or foot injuries. Yeah. I just assumed it was an ankle. Okay. All right. You have a disgusting spot with Atlanta on the road and Dallas laying points. Not only Dallas laying points, but Dallas laying points at home. It's a small number of points, though. It's tolerable it for me. I'm going to link to Dallas. Atlanta's healthy, and I get that. They should dominate on the glass. It's, maybe they can use uh, their spacing to try to get Capella outside the paint, and I'm kind of curious if Capella actually has a good role in this game or not, because mm-hmm. we've seen big men get played off the floor against Dallas. I'm going to take the Mavericks. I, I can't take Atlanta on the road. Uh, Dallas, don't get me wrong, has been struggling a bit lately. I still don't like their overall team, but they're good at home. Atlanta's not good on the road, and no offense to Trey fans, but Luka's obviously the best player on the floor, and Atlanta got ripped off on that trade. I'm going with Dallas at home. I, I just think that it's a pretty good spot for a low number. It's like two and a half. I don't trust Atlanta enough on the road. Yeah. Uh, if Dallas loses to Atlanta in this spot, just go ahead and add the um, Luca needs help mural on the side of this mm. post when you post it. It was a hell of a mural, though. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was. I have no artistic talent, so I'm impressed by like the most basic art stuff. Murals are impressive. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people draw a person. Like, yeah. I don't understand how you can effectively draw a person. I think if I closed my eyes, I couldn't even draw myself. I'm, I'm that far behind artistically. 
I, I, and my eyes were open. Eyes I were open draw. Not yeah, I, I was about to say, my eyes are open. Bigger, I can't draw myself. But... <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, You know, these. this is a really bad spot for me to have to pick this game. So I'm just going to go to the trend. And the trend is when you have a team coming, a team that's favored at home coming off of a loss, uh, two back-to-back losses on the road. Versus another team that's coming off two back-to-back wins. Like, so basically, Team A lost two games on the road. Now they're coming back home as a favorite against a team that's hot, rolling, done one in the past two games. Uh, in this spot this season, the Mavericks would be 8-2, and 6-4 and four against the spread. Mavericks actually have been in this same spot twice this season already, so this makes three times. They won both games, covered the game against the Timberwolves, did not cover the game against the Trailblazers. They won that game against Trailblazers by five. The line was six and a half when it closed. Oh, man, I'm I'm terribly scared of Dallas winning by one in this game. So give me Dallas money line. I think I'll lean to the spread. I don't think I'm going to have any money on this game besides maybe some props. If you want to expect Trey double-double or maybe if you want to go with a Luka triple-double or something like that. But Dallas has been good at home. Atlanta's not good on the road. I still don't think Atlanta's going to work, and they haven't made a single move. So I don't know what the hell they're waiting for, but it's just not working with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I'll lean to Dallas at home. Oh, man, here. Let's see. Atlanta is one of the worst teams in the first quarter on the road, 9-14 and 2. Wait, is that 2? No, 9-14 overall on the season. Last 10 games, Atlanta is 4-6 and six to the number in the first quarter. Last five games, and Atlanta is where is Atlanta? So they must be decent if I can't find them. Three and two last five games, first quarter on the road. So not bad. I still think I would play Dallas early. I just feel like Dallas is going to want to come out. How the hell is Luca's points prop thirty four and a half? I understand Luca's, you know, a savage and all thirty four and a half. It's incredibly high. Like, you have to just go ahead and say you're getting 35. I don't think I can just go ahead and predict anybody to get 35 points. I think I have to automatically lean to the under there, and you just hope Atlanta forces him to pass the ball. I'm not going to do it. I'm not taking the over 34. (laughs) Like, I I can't bet that. I, I would never bet the prop 34 and a half. I'd rather just go ahead and take my chances and get plus money at 40. Because if he saying, gets thirty five, if he gets thirty five against Atlanta, he's getting forty. I so. think maybe it just might be a rule for me. I'm not taking thirty five plus unless it's plus money. I'm, I'm not taking that at minus one twenty. I mean that that's just absurd to me. So I think Luke is going to have a big game. But as you said before, everyone's betting it, which is why it's priced so high. Yep, thirty four and a half for a points prop. That's too high. That I, I can't can only think. imagine the amount of Luca forty plus, Trey forty plus slips that are going on. I actually would just make a parlay fading, not fading those two, but just betting anybody else, like anybody else on either team to go off and have a good game. I really would like DeJounte because DeJounte just came from the Western Conference where he played this Mavericks team four times a year. So Mm -hmm. I would play DeJounte in this spot. Like he should know that team. He should. And he's a slasher able to get to the rim. There's no rim protection at all whatsoever for Dallas. This should be a DeJounte game. I would rather play DeJounte for sure. I would have I, I would have played Dejounte and uh, THJ, but you know how the second yeah. part of that went. 
Well, DeJounte's at 18 and a half, which does seem like a relatively low number. But you're looking at Luka, and I'm just saying, once again, for 34 and a half, I don't know how you're going to put Embiid at 31 and a half against the Clippers and mm-hmm. then put Luka at 34 and a half. The volume's going to be crazy for both. Embiid's going to go to the line 20 times. But I, I, I think this number is just crazy. But the only player that I could think of or players that I think should be priced at this number are Giannis basically against just no centers in the in the league at this point. Prime Kobe would be at like 37 and a half because he wouldn't pass the ball. And LeBron, like when he's trying to go for a massive stat line in the playoffs, are, are the, those are like the main three I could think of that are worthy of being 34 and a half, 35 and a half, whatever. But that's a crazy number. Like that I just can't take. DeJounte Murray and Spencer Dinwiddie both scored 25 points is 25, 26 to 1. I mean, I like Dinwiddie in the spot. I think Dinwiddie's got a nice uh, little way to pivot off of Luka, especially if you think, well, who do you think would guard Luka? Do you think it would be DeJounte or do you think it would be DeAndre? Probably a combination of both. Probably wait. Yeah, I think you'll just see who kind of plays him better that game. If you start, probably start early with DeJounte. If DeJounte is not working, then you say, all right, well, we're going to make an adjustment and DeAndre is going to be on him. But uh, I think you have a good bet of one or the other, and then the other is probably going to be on Dinwiddie. I think so. Dinwiddie's quietly been very good lately. He's had 25-plus points in each of the last two games. Both of them were against Portland, so there you go. But – he does need to embrace a bigger role, and it looks like he has been since, mm-hmm. of course, Brunson's not there anymore, so now he's the second fiddle. You could argue Christian Wood, but in reality, I think Dinwiddie needs to be the second-best guy offensively because he can create something off the dribble for this team. And you could also shoot from yeah. the outside when they double-team Luka. But 16.5 for Dinwiddie does seem a bit low when he's had 17-plus in three straight games. I think that some combination – excuse me – some combination of DeJounte, either Dinwiddie or Wood, I think is a good, a nice little bet. You're going to lose a lot of juice because Dinwiddie's like plus 550 to score 25. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty good bet. Mm-hmm. All right. We're both on Dallas. Total sitting at 233 and a half. I, I am, even... I'm on the over. I'm on over. It's I think I'm on lean over as well, but it's a non-conference. I don't feel great about it. It's a non-conference. It's a non-conference game. Overs are really, really good in the non-conference. Uh, both of these teams' records against the non-conference in overs: Atlanta's eight and five, sixty-one point five percent, and Dallas is nine and eight, fifty-two point nine percent. I know Dallas typically runs a slower pace, but they've been really good to the over this season at home. At least I think I have. I think they have. Let me make sure that that hasn't changed. Yeah, they've still been really good to the over this season at home. Fourteen and eight at home. Fourteen and nine on the road. Uh, Atlanta's been reeling recently, but I still think this is a spot where the whole team gets up because this is kind of like one of those non-conference rivalries when you think about the two players and the trade and all that and what's come of it. So, yeah, I think I think we see I think we see a lot of points in this one. It's a high total, but I think we see a lot of points. I, yeah. I really like the over in this game. Uh, I don't really, really like it, but I'll lean that way. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder welcoming the Indiana Pacers at home. Thunder laying four. 
238 and a half is the total injury report we have for the Pacers. Sorry, it's Halliburton. You know, you're not seeing him for a little while. Pretty clean other than Halliburton and Tice, who are both on uh, IR or some form of IR. And OKC, I mean, for the most part, they're clean, except for all the people that you know you're not going to see anytime soon. James Robinson Earl, Poposzewski, Chet Holgram, blah, blah, blah. Under not favorites, so I know you hate the spot. I'm not laying Thunder, points with but... the Thunder. I, I can't. I'm not laying points with Thunder. It's burned me too many times. No matter how good the matchup has looked, it's burned me too many times for me to ever feel comfortable laying points with Thunder. I watched them play against the Nets the other day. They look good in the fourth quarter. Giddy's been phenomenal lately, so he's been very aggressive. Shea's been good. He hasn't gone for 30 that often lately, but he hasn't needed to. team's just been competitive. Uh-huh. I understand your point. I think I'm going to lean to OKC anyway. I think I just penciled Indiana in as basically an auto fade without Halliburton. And we saw Nemhart have a great game earlier this year against the Warriors, but they're not the same team. They're, they're just not. I, I want to make a case for them. McConnell went for 29. Miles Turner went for 30. They still got killed in the fourth quarter by Milwaukee in a game that Giannis didn't even play in. I just think that OKC is the much better team. It's really simple as that. I like how they're playing. The chemistry is there. They're gelling properly. I get historically speaking, based on trends, you probably don't want to lay points with the Thunder, but I think I'm going to lay. I think I'm going to lean that way just because I really like what I've seen from the Thunder the last couple of weeks. I can't do it. Indiana plus four. You made a lot of good points. You almost got me to do it. You really did. So congratulations for you on that. Very, very close to getting me to do it. I couldn't do it, though. Okay, C plus four. Total sitting at 238 and a half. I mean, what is this? What was this note that I had written down? Unders have hit in three of five. No Halliburton this season. Ah, uh, but... uh. What do you the say the total opened up at the total's at 238 and a half for record. It opened up at 242. I think I will lean to the under. That number seems a little bit high. Okay, OKC can play some defense when they need to. You need one bad quarter. I think they'll get it. I'll lean to the under. I'll take a first half over. Okay. First half over, I can agree with. I think the game slows down after halftime. Yeah. Slight lean to the unders. Probably a little bit of I don't care in the second half. First half, it goes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that number in the first half? It is consensus 122. Yeah, that's high for a first half, but I think it could get there. These teams don't play defense like at all. All right. Yeah, instead of betting OKC money line, I'd rather just take my money and throw it on Shea points and just see what happens. Okay. I believe that's a 29 and a half. Yeah, I, I would much rather just... I think it's a better possibility of Shea going for 30 than OKC covering the spread. And if he goes for 30, they probably covered the spread. So, well, no, because he's gone for 30 before and they haven't been able to do it. Yeah, I just trust Shea to go for 30 more than them covering the spread. I can't do it. Okay, next game on the slate, we have the Miami Heat on the road going to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are a three-point home dog to the Miami Heat. 219.5 is the total. Injury report here for the Pelicans. Herb Jones is doubtful, so that probably has a lot to do with it. You know you're not going to see Zion or B.I. 
And for the Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry's questionable. Caleb Martin is probable. Udonis Haslam is probable for whatever that's worth. Duncan Robinson, uh, Jovic, and Yurtsevin, you're not going to see. I mean, flowchart. Are the Miami Heat a favorite? Yes or no? Check yes. Bet the dog. Mm. I don't care. Now, New Orleans has not been good lately because they're missing a bunch of pieces, but they're still a very good home team. Yep. I uh, Miami should, keyword should, win this game. The problem is you can't trust them and they blow a bunch of spots they should win. So I'm with you. I think if I was going to take uh, a spot with Miami, I'd probably just take New Orleans team total under because I just expect the heat to clamp down if they're actually going to win this game. Mm-hmm. That's probably how I would pivot if I was on Miami. I'm going to agree with you, though. I'll link to New Orleans. This team is very good in the sm- Smoothie King Center. Is that what it's called? Yep. Smoothie King. Smoothie yeah. King. So I'll go with the... Uh, I wonder, do they still do $5 smoothies on Fridays? I don't know they if it's used to be during college, meals, but $5 sounds like a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. And it's a large. Like, it's... I think it's... What's that? Like, 32 ounces? Like, it, it's a pretty good deal for $5. I don't know if they still do See, it. See, it they sounds like it a good deal stuff. until you find the right bar and it's dollar happy hour. And suddenly, the ratio is <laughs> a bit off, you know? All right, Scott. <laughs> that, that was my college experience. I saved a lot of money for the happy hour deals. But anyway, okay. I think I'm going to They go have with- happy hour in Wisconsin? Wisconsin has like 10 of the drunkest cities in America. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wisconsin well, I guess it's because there's nothing else al- to do. We're massive al- alcoholics. But yeah, there's nothing else to do. So, I, I guess so. I'm not going to watch the Brewers in playoff time. So, people are drinking anyway, but, or, or the Packers in this case, but still. Um, I was I was actually there before Milwaukee won a title. So, they had nothing. It was just a lot of drinking, but still. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Pelicans here, but I do think the under is probably my favorite play. I think both teams clamp down. I think you'll see a more of a defensive game here. Give me the under, but I'll lean to New Orleans. Interesting fact. The last four games, Miami has won. Even more interesting. The last four games, Miami has won and covered as a favorite. Now, why would they do that? Why? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That is the cl- that Seeing that right there is the closest thing to ever getting me taking Miami as a favorite. Because that is very like that's very hard to do as you as a team to allow Miami to cover whether it's at home or on the road to cover as a favorite four straight times in a row. Once again, if I was going to take Miami, I would just take New Orleans team total under. It's a safer yeah. way to get there if Miami's offense just and goes again. Four game in those four games, New Orleans scored ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety three, ninety eight. They can't score, so. All right. Good point there, Scott. Anything else for this game? Not really, no. Uh, If you like New Orleans, I guess blindly back McCollum. I'm not sure if I like him in this matchup or not. Can I get the over on Jimmy Butler free throws? I I think I will. Yeah, that should be an over. I think I will take... I want somebody on the outside that can... Because the Miami Heat can give up threes, like nobody's business i think i would take trey murphy on the outside okay or maybe like a random jose alvarado good three-point shooting day i want somebody on the outside against miami today i'm trying to think of who i actually want for the outside you mentioned murphy that's the obvious choice yeah maybe can get hot from three if you want to pivot there 
What other options do they have? I mean, Marshall thinks he can shoot threes. He's okay at it. He just attempts a lot of them. It looks that's, like that's Dyson Daniels your main is getting into the starting lineup. Dyson Daniels is coming into the starting lineup in place of Herb Jones. He's not exactly uh, a great shooter, Daniels. Yeah, no. He can shoot a little bit, but eh. I might back like a Dyson Daniels steals yeah. prop. That sounds like something he can do. I feel like Butler steals might be worth a look in this game as well. He was been really good this season to that prop. I think they keep Butler, Butler's always one been good half. steals. Yeah. Didn't we take that throughout the entire playoffs last year? When At one point, because it, it kept being plus money, and it was yeah. like it just kept hitting. So, all right. That's enough of this game. Next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road to go and play the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are laying seven and a half. 228 is the total injury report for this two teams. And you have for the Grizzlies, John Conchar is not on the injury report. Dan Green's name is still on his team. What what I thought I thought uh Winhurst said that he was gonna did you see what he told Danny Green his name? Well he still might get traded. He's just a trade deadline salary piece. So yeah, you know, the night is still young. We'll see if he gets traded by the deadline. He'll probably get traded and bought out. Donovan Mitchell's doubtful for the Cavaliers. That's why this spread is all the way up at seven and a half. Are we just pivoting to Garland props? Yeah, for the most part. There's like some crazy isn't there like some crazy stat with these two teams or something? I feel like I saw something on Twitter and I told myself I was going to bookmark it and I never did. I feel like it's some crazy stat between these two teams. I don't know. You talk while I try to figure that out. Uh, for me, I'm going to take Memphis. I'm not really going to overthink this Memphis first half, Memphis full game. Based on where the line's located, I'm assuming Mitchell's not going to play. Memphis has won 10 straight. We've been praising this team for a while. They finally looked at the park and... Cleveland's main strength, if you want to talk about Mitchell not being in, is their front court with Mobley and with Allen because they can rebound well and they're very good defensively. But they're against Steven Adams, who's the best offensive rebounder in the league. They're against Jaron Jackson, who's a great rim protector. They're also against Brandon Clark. Memphis matches up well against this team in the front court, and they're going to have a healthy jaw and a healthy Bane. I'm on Memphis. Cleveland has not been good on the road anyway, but now Mitchell's out most likely. I think I got to go with Memphis. First half, I'm tempted by. This game could turn into a route, but I think Memphis wins by double digits. Yeah. Man, there's some, like, crazy. I'm going to find it at some point. I'm trying to think, I don't think it's old that you're even, you're even mentioning. It was just something random. I know it was something random. I was like, Memphis and Cleveland, like, what? Those teams rarely even play each other. It was like a random thing, and I told myself I was going to remember it, and I didn't remember it, so I don't know what it is. Uh, All right. You go with Memphis, too? It's of really course. tough to make a case with Mitchell being out. It's really a tough Of case. course. I, I mean, it. I kind of wish he was in just so I could get a better number because I mm-hmm. still probably would have took Memphis before. But I'm sitting here, and – Talking about non-conference games uh, and the best teams playing against the non-conference, it's Memphis. Memphis has a 13-4-1 ATS record against the Eastern Conference. That is 76.5% by far, head and shoulders, the best in the league. And you go down here to Cleveland, and Cleveland's 9-11 ATS against the Western Conference. So that was just one thing. You already hit on everything else that 
Memphis is great at home. Memphis is great in the first half at home. I like both Memphis first half and for the game. I think that's a very good bet. And even though, you know, Donovan Mitchell being out doesn't help at all. I just think that this is uh, two teams that really can go back and forth. Kind of like an over in the game, actually. Just because I don't think the Cavs are going to be able to stop. I think Ja can, can penetrate and still get to the rim with Allen and Mobley down there. And I don't think that they have anything to stop. Maybe Bane from the outside. God help you. If this is a Dylan Brooks game, then you're just completely screwed. If Dylan Brooks has a effective shooting night. And so I think that they'll probably still have some issues with Allen. I might be on Allen tonight for his points. I think they might have some issues with him against Steven Adams. Cause I expect to see, um, Mobley and Jaron Jackson Jr. to have a really authentic matchup tonight. I'm really looking forward to seeing that again. I'm but yeah, how, yeah, I'm thinking if I want to take a stance, maybe I'm worried about a blow up potential because I think that is definitely a possibility. Uh-huh. Maybe Garland double double, maybe it, it's at plus 175. Yeah, yeah, I think that he could get there off of Allen alone. Like if he had Allen play the pick and roll right, I think he, they can get there off of that alone. So yeah. I also realize are we blindly taking Jaron Jackson blocks? They're at two and a half. It's plus one twenty. Why? Why not? Why not? Wait, 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 wait. Did you say plus one twenty five? Plus one twenty five. Like it, I, I feel like I got to bring it up because I want to read off the stats. I would have loved it. I would have loved it more if Mitchell was playing. I would. I that would have been my best bet of the entire day if Mitchell was playing. All right, I still like it. Yeah, I'm gonna read off uh, Jackson's blocks for the last couple of games. Six, two, two, five, five, three, 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 six. So he's had at least three blocks in, was that four, five, six, in seven of the last nine games. Two and a half is plus 125. It's insane. Just saying. It's okay. almost it's oh. almost so insane that it feels like there's he's gonna end with two tonight. That's how insane it feels. Yeah. But it's like, how do you how do you make it three and a half? Like how can I just figured it'd be two and a half juiced minus one thirty. Plus, you know, one twenty-five. Like that's that's a bizarre number, but I got to at least bring it up because Jackson's been a shop blocking machine. Yeah. And I think they're just, I think it's more of probably thinking of, well, you're probably not going to see too many people try to go to the rim against this team with no Mitchell, but come on, it's Karis LeVert. You're telling me Karis LeVert isn't going to look Jerry Jackson Jr. in the face and say, oh yeah, I can get to the rim on you. Like, That's one on. prop that I wish that books would have that they don't. I want shot attempts. I want field goal <laughs> attempts on players. Like that, that doesn't have fun. to go in. Just give me the attempts. Like I'll take yeah, the that over. Would be but that would be fine. <laughs> All right. Can you imagine the sweat there? You're just yelling for your guy to get the ball with one second left in the quarter to chuck it up from seventy feet. Thank you, that it's up. That'd be hilarious. I wonder if somebody does have that. I, I've seen it in the playoffs. I've seen shot attempts or three attempts before, but I, yeah. I don't see it on a regular basis. That That's really the next step for gambling, just to throw in another prop. Just shot yeah. attempts. I mean, they do rush attempts in the NFL. Yeah, yeah you should. All right. 228. You, I'm on over. Any any thoughts on total? Uh, I think I'm going to lean under. With Mitchell not being there, both teams are still solid defensively. Mm-hmm. I just think you're going to see a lower scoring game. Memphis has always been a team this, throughout the entire year where they have a really good first half offensively, and then the second half just dies. And it, they're very good live under team if you go by their numbers this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean under. 
Mitchell's not there. Both teams defensively are still good. I'll lean to the under. That number seems a little bit high to me. All right. Next game on the slate, we have Charlotte Hornets on the road going to play the Houston Rockets. Rockets are catching three at home. It's a damn tank bowl. I don't know who's going to try to win this game. 237 is the total injury report for these two teams. And you have for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, whenever I find their team name on this list again, the Hornets are right here. And for their injury report, you are going to find. Oh, wow. Wait, no, that's not them. What the heck? Oh, I oh I clicked on the wrong. Okay, hold on, my fault. I clicked on the wrong page. Sorry, guys. Okay, Charlotte Hornets for their injury report. You are going to see where the Hornets at. Where the Hornets at? Where the Hornets at? Are they clean? They might be clean. No, they're not. No. Gordon Hayward is doubtful. Cody Martin's doubtful. Book Knight is in the G League. Kelly Oubre, you know you're going to miss him for some time with that hand injury. And for the Houston Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr., questionable to return in this game. All right, so who do you think has a better chance of trying to throw throw this game and accidentally winning? Like, who is the worst tanking team? Is Charlotte a terrible tanking team, or is Houston the worst tanking team? Because the worst tanking team is going to win the game. It really comes down, in my opinion, to Houston potentially learning something from that Lakers game or ignoring it. We know what we're talking about. It's it's Shengun. I mean, that, that's really the story. If they run the offense through Shengun, I think they're a lot better. He had a career-high 33 he had, what, 33-15. And, like, he was incredible in that game. LeBron went for 46-48, so it didn't matter in the end. But if they use Shangun as a main person to run the offense through, I think Houston could actually maybe be low-key nice offensively. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I think Jalen Green is going to be annoyed that he didn't shoot the ball enough last game, and he's going to jack the ball up 20-something times. I think you're probably going to see Charlotte win, if I had to guess. I think Charlotte's the better team. They're further along. They both suck, but at least Charlotte has shown something on occasion. Houston's really shown nothing, and I think they're also poorly coached. I think Clifford's a better coach than Silas. I'm just going to say it that way. So, Ali and Charlotte, both these teams stink. I'm sure both front offices are hoping their team loses this game, but I'll lean to Charlotte. It seems like a game Charlotte would win. You? Oh, man. Okay, so. Do you think they use Shengun properly in this game? We'll start there. Maybe. That's a good and, answer. That's how I feel. And, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I told you yesterday that after listening to the John Wall interview that I thought that this was just an organizational the Rockets are really, really bad, and I don't think it's as much on Silas. Like, I think Silas would be a better coach literally anywhere else. Uh, of course, I, there's some front office stuff with tanking. It's just I, I look at the in-game adjustments. I look at the way that they play. It just feels like they're not playing the correct style for the players that they have. They might not have winning basketball players anyway, but I haven't really seen many adjustments throughout the entire year. Oh, man. 
Um, I don't think Clifford's a terrible coach. I, I think that he's better than Silas. So that's once again a low bar. But if you're asking me who I'd rather have coaching my team, I'd probably pick Clifford if I had to guess. So guess what I did? Oh, <laughs> uh, I went like the over. So did you just t- take a same game parlay or something on points? Oh, no, no, no. I'm definitely going to be on over. I'll tell you I'm on over in a minute. But so I went into my handy dandy uh, little trend machine thing that I've been enjoying for the past month or so. And you understand that both of these teams are on five game losing streaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charlotte actually covered the first game against the Pacers. So they actually covered that one, but both teams are five game losing streaks. I just did four and I threw it into the machine and I went from 2015 to now 42 and 42 straight up 42 and 42 against spread. Fantastic. Good. Okay. That tells us a lot. Yeah. Cool. That really helps with a lot. I'm going to take the whole team. Give me the Rockets plus three. However, what I really did get out of the machine is that in this same spot, two teams losing four straight games. I can only imagine what it is five straight. I just kept it at four. Four straight games, you have, they are 65.9% to the over when two teams on a losing streak of four games play each other. 54, 28, and two since 2015. And guess what? In the four times that we've had this matchup in 2022, Yes, two and two straight up. Yes, two and two against the spread. Four and oh to the over this season. So, I mean, I guess that's got to be the blind, rational bet. We don't think either of these teams are good defensively. This is a high total, but it could get there. So, I'll, I'll play the over. I'm on the over 237. It's probably the better of the two bets that I gave out, but. Mm-hmm. I may actually bet this game. Player. I may actually bet this game just because I do like the over, so I may take props, but I'm not I'm not yeah. actually putting money on Houston. No, I'm looking at the over and I'm looking at player props. I, I mentioned either rhetorically uh, if or not, if you think that Chengun keeps the bigger role at this point, his points prop is still too low. It's at like 16 and a half. He's yeah. against Mason Plumley. I, I think Chengun should have good opportunities in this game to actually get some paint touches and to do his thing. Kevin Porter Jr., you know, he's still out, correct? He is questionable. Okay. So there's a chance he plays. I hope he doesn't. Because if he doesn't, <laughs> Shingun's gonna have a bigger role. Like I'm just being honest. I, Kevin yep. Porter Jr. is a guy that I've roasted for years. Insane amount of talent. I think he's a ball hog and I think that he does not exactly play winning basketball. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Jennings. I've made that comparison before. I think their style of plays are quite similar. And Jennings had 55 in his rookie year, and that was his peak. Like I, he didn't he didn't have a, a great pro career because he was a shoot first guy who didn't really make his teammates better. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is the same guy, except Kevin Porter Jr. also has had some locker room issues and stuff like that. So I hope he doesn't play because I want to back Shangun, but I am going to take the over. I think you'll see a lot of points in this game. Yeah. All right. What's a random player that I can just get behind? Give me a random player in this game. Go. Random player, Terry Rozier. Oh, that's not random enough, though. Is that random enough for you, PJ Washington? 
Yes, that is what I'm talking about. PJ Washington was the first name that came up in my head too. All right, I'm back in PJ Washington for his points tonight. I, I didn't do. I want y'all to know I did zero handicap in that anything. But however, I think that there's a we could see this total fly over. Like we really could. So I just pick a random player, and it'll be PJ Washington. This is this is the day of life of me. I do random stuff like this sometimes. All right, this may be quick. It may not. Scott probably will take longer in the handicap of this than I will. The Utah Jazz are at home welcoming the Los Angeles Clippers on a back-to-back. Clippers on a back-to-back, that is. Minus six is the total, 227 and a half. No, minus six is the spread, 226 and a half. No, 227 and a half is the total. Let's try that again. Utah's laying six. Clippers against the Clippers. Clippers on a back-to-back. Total sitting at 227 and a half. Injury report for these two teams that you have for the Clippers. You don't know because there's no injury report. I'm telling you right now, 1,000% positive Kawhi is not playing in this game. Like I'm so positive Kawhi is not playing in this game. Probably not going to see Paul George either because I think he was battling a hamstring injury. He was questionable to even play last night. So you're probably not going to see Paul George either. Kawhi is not playing in this game. I think he logged the most minutes on the team last night, actually. So Kawhi is definitely not playing. Apparently, there's a chance that you see Luke, Luke Kennard, so take that for what it's worth. For the Utah Jazz, Laurie Marketing is questionable with his hip. Yeah, and you know Kelly Olenek is on injured reserve right now with that ankle injury. Clippers plus six, Clippers on the money line. All right, Scott, what are you doing? Uh, I think if I was if I was going to take Utah, it would be the first half because I don't trust them to actually cover the entire game. But the Clippers have been horrible in the first half. We brought it up yesterday, and they lost again. And uh, plays brought up in the chat. Uh, Clippers are 1-9 ATS in their last 10 in the first half. Uh, Jazz aren't great in the first half either, but the Clippers have been that bad, and now they're missing most likely Paul George and Kawhi. I'm not taking Utah in the full game. I've learned my lesson there. I'm pivoting the props, though. <laughs> I, I'm going to pivot the props. I think Walker Kessler is in line for a big game here. And he Yo, do you remember when I – was that with you? Was that Who was that where I, where I was talking about Walker Kessler the last game and he comes out and has 20 and 20? I think that might have been on Monday. It might have been. I was going to say that, that might have been the MLK show, which I wasn't on. Yeah, okay. But. Yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, Walker Kessler could have a good game. I said it so casually. So casually. I was like, yeah, I think Walker Kessler could be out for a really good role. Like he either – you know, plays against Rudy Gobert, or Rudy Gobert's not playing, and he has an easier path for the rebounds. Like, and it was a mix because Gobert got injured after five minutes, so yeah, he ended up so. in the middle ground. But <laughs> I think Walker Kessler could have a big game here. He's been very solid. This really screams Terrence Mann game to me, especially oh, with so. Paul George and Kawhi being out. I think Mann's going to have a shot to go for twenty five. So when I was watching the game last night, because game that's televised game, super super easy for me to watch. Like I can just put T TNT on TV and be good. I sat there and I said, huh. Reggie Jackson's got 10 minutes in the game and he's three for three right now. And in my mind, I said, I think I'll back Reggie Jackson tonight. He's probably gonna be in the starting lineup because you're not gonna see uh or he may, they may still bring him off the bench and kind of boost that second unit with no wall, wall coming off the bench. But uh, he's had 26% usage. That's second on the team, I believe, when Kawhi, Leonard, and Wall are off the court this season. It makes sense because that's pretty much what he was doing the entire time that those guys were injured 
the past couple of years is he had a bunch of usage when they were off the court. He's just incredibly inefficient, and it's terrible to bet on him because you, I could be looking at another OG and OB scenario where he's two for 13 for the game. Mm-hmm. But I'll take a chance. So I'm going to back uh, Reggie Jackson tonight. I'm going to go with man. I haven't seen any props yet for him, but – He's killed Utah in the past. I mean, people forget that in the closeout game of a series, he went for 39. He went crazy. Like people don't <laughs> acknowledge it enough. Like he went for 39 points in a closeout. Hey, game Utah. Like we were sitting here saying, "Hey, Terrence Mann is like the next point guard of this team, and he's gonna, you know, lead this team to whatever." Like Terrence Mann went off in the closeout game of that series. Oh, he did, uh, but I mean, people can say how he's not consistent enough, and how you know you should pick somebody else. But ah, uh, yeah, I got. I think I it's all role based. I think Mann's a really good player. I, I yeah. think that the Clippers have really just wasted him. He yeah. should play like every single. The Clippers game. are doing what they were trying to do to SGA. The argument is, well, the Clippers are the deepest team in the league. Like That was a rumor before the season started and how they have a lot of guys that they could rotate. That's true, except for the fact that you're not letting good players play enough minutes because you're so deep, allegedly. Terrence Mann has to be on any team's basically, what, seven in rotation? I think he's, the, I think he's good enough to be at least a second guy off the bench on pretty much any team in the league. Yeah, for sure. I think he's a very good player. Like, I think the Clippers have wasted him, but I like him in the spot. I'm telling you, they're giving him the SGA treatment. Like, they're yeah. giving him the SGA treatment before SGA got traded. I, uh, just saying, when man goes to another team, I'll back his props. I think he's going to be a hell of a player elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. I'll still back man. I'll back man with you. I'm still on Reggie Jackson. I kind of already told myself. I think that, I have so to I like man, right? I mean, isn't he in line for 30 something minutes if Kwai and Paul George don't play? And he's one of the main forwards that they have. Possibly. I just know it's been a lot of t- it's been a couple of times that I bet Terrace Man in spots that I thought he should be good and I've regretted it about two minutes in. Yeah, like very early. So hopefully it's not one of those scenarios, but you for- you made me forget that playoff game. I-, I remember I was in a bar in DC watching the game on TV. Because they were down twenty. They were getting buried. Yes. Yes, and so I'm watching the game in a bar in DC. Matter of fact, I think I was in loss. If I wasn't in Lost Society, I was in the joint that's next door to Lost Society. What's that joint called? It's like a, something with a hat or something. I don't know. I had a Either friend of mine who went to Maryland. I went there a couple times, but I'm not too familiar with the D.C. area. U Street. U Street. Just go to U Street. Okay. I, I was on U Street, basically. Dog. I was in there geeking. My friends are like, bro, why are you wild? And like, talk to these girls, like, do something like, blah, blah. The I was in there geeking. <laughs> yes, I was in there geeking. Oh, my gosh. And it's because the fact that Kawhi was out. Because mm-hmm. he had just hurt it, he hurt his knee. So like everybody's like, all right, it's Utah's time. Utah's gonna get it done. I don't think he just hurt his knee. I thought he was out for the entire year. Yeah. So I think it came out that it was ACL later, yeah. but they were saying that it was just like a regular knee injury at that point, and he was just missing time. But he was gonna come back eventually. Like, oh man, wow! I remember that game. That was one of my favorite performances to see. That was a Friday play. night. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, man. I like that. All right. Sorry, took a trip down memory lane. That was a really good game. If y'all haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Man really went crazy. 227 and a half. I'll take the over because the Utah is bad enough defensively to even like a Clippers team hit go get over. So By the I'll way, take Mark, over. If Markinen doesn't play, take every Jordan Clarkson prop you can possibly imagine. But yeah, Jordan Clarkson over field goal attempts. 
Yeah, I'll take I'll take that prop with Hey, win. Stop being scared. Give us a field goal. Matter of fact, where's uh as, as the people would win bet, but I'll I'll parlay yeah. uh Clarkson field goal attempts with Levert field goal attempts and we'll see what happens. But we're gonna get Matoy on the show and we're gonna complain. Last time we complained to him, we got exactly what we were asking for. So we're gonna do it again. We did. But I, I do think at the end of the day, I'm gonna lean to the under. Utah's been a great over team, don't get me wrong. But Markkinen might not play. Paul George might not. There's just so many guys that score so many points that might be missing this game. I think I'm going to lean to the under. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves going to play the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets are on a back-to-back. Laying eight. Two, excuse me. 237.5 is the total injury report for these two. Anthony Edwards. Oh, well, this is why they're laying eight. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, and I'm like, oh, this is why. This is how you know I don't like. I, when I get up here, we're all putting this together. Together. Anthony Edwards is questionable with a hip injury. Rudy Gobert is questionable with the groin. Scott talked about he left that game in the five minutes. Five I'd be, minutes I'd be shocked if he played tonight. Edwards, I actually, I, Edwards, I don't know, but Gobert, I'm assuming, is not going to play. Edwards been battling that hit for a while. Like mm-hmm. he's yeah. been, he's going to play. I think he's going to play. But Gobert, I, I would be shocked to see him. Play. And it's a groin issue that that lingers for. You don't want to take. Games. Yeah, like, you don't want to. You don't want to play with that. Torian Prince is questionable with an ankle injury. You know, you're not seeing McLaughlin or I didn't like McLaughlin is really like really really tough for this team being out for this long. Like they really need him to come back. I've been a fan of him since uh, USC, so I'm I'm a yeah. fan of McLaughlin's game. Yeah, he's like his injury means a lot to this team. Cats out, as you know, too. And for the Nuggets, you don't really have an injury report because uh, they played last night. Maybe no Jamal Murray in this game because Jamal Murray popped up on the injury report late yesterday. You know, you're not going to see Mike Malone because uh, he's in COVID protocols. He didn't coach last night. He's not going to coach now. Well, tonight. But how's the how much coaching matters for that team? Uh, just yeah, not really at the don't. game, and Jokic just yeah. goes for a thirty-something point triple double, misses one shot in the entire game. I think I'm pretty safe to say no Jamal Murray in this game, even though it's not up here. I think it's. Pretty I don't safe think he's going to play. It's a back-to-back. They've been managing yeah. him in back-to-backs all year long. I mean, are we really about to lay eight with Denver on a back-to-back? I'm not doing it. Gobert might not play, so now you can actually back Minnesota. But, like, people are putting money on Denver. There's eight, 89, It's 51% of bets on Minnesota, but 89% of the money is on Denver. I can't I, get behind that. I can't I, get behind I, that. I, I get it because of injury news, so I, I understand it from that perspective, but I don't want to take Denver on a back-to-back. It, it, also, I feel like Portland's an emotional game for them. Because they constantly, you know, have had battles with that team in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly think that they're going to get up for a game against a shorthanded Minnesota team. Might be a perfect letdown spot, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, your head coach isn't there to even like rally the troops. Like they might just no show the game. And that game never like it got out of hand. That Portland game, it got out of hand, but it never got out of hand to the point where you're like, all right, sit everybody. Like yeah. you never got that far. You still had. 30-plus minutes for all the starters. Jokic led the way with 34. I don't think that really means too much for Jokic. He's just good whenever. But, yeah, I don't know. I can't do it. My gut. I, I just no can't. Good face. The There's no chance about the side in this game. But I mean, no Gobert. 
Minnesota has value. <laughs> Minnesota has value with no Gobert. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Are we just pivoting to Nas Reed props? Is is that the move? Yeah, hundred percent. I think I I think what I'll do in this game. Because I kind of do want action fading Denver getting this big of a number. But I'm not really interested. In, like, if Minnesota covers the spread, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like, I guess. But if Minnesota wins this game outright and I didn't bet it, I would actually be pissed at myself. Especially knowing that Rudy Gobert is probably not going to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on Minnesota plus eight. But I don't think I would bet the plus eight. I think I would just put a sprinkle on a money line and then just come back and see what happened in the game. Like, I don't think I have to, I don't have to bet the plus eight, but I think I would pretty much enjoy a plus two fifty money line on Minnesota. Yeah. All right. Next game of slate. We have the Sacramento. Well, two thirty seven and a half is total on that one. I want to take the over, but with Edwards potentially not playing, I'm not sure if I can. Denver's on a back to back. I think I'll lean under, but I, once again, I don't, I don't really have anything strong opinion wise on this game i think total creeped up too much it opened at 232 and a half i think it creeped up too much for me i'll take the under on 237 and a half all right last game of the night sacramento kings are playing the los angeles lakers in staples slash crypto center four and a half the kings are laying on the road they are laying four and a half 245 and a half is the total I can't remember the last time I saw a spread. A total this high. 245 and a half is the total. It's it's so funny, but the last game they played landed like 260. Like I it's oh boy. Do you want to make a case for the under? Everybody's betting the over. And okay. <laughs> I mean I don't know, 62% of bets, 80% of money still coming in on the over. I don't know. No no injury report for the Kings. LeBron's questionable. You're it's not going to see Reeves, Lonnie Walker. Questionable last game and he scored 48 points. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You're not going to see Reeves, Lonnie Walker, or AD. Two forty five and a half. It's so crazy. I'm not even looking at it. I'm not looking at the spread. I'm taking the Kings. Uh, like, is, I'm not even. I mean, quick breakdown of this. I'm really looking at the total here, but quick breakdown of the spread in division games this season. The Sacramento Kings have the second best record in the league at 77.8%, seven and two. Only reason that they are the second best record against division in division games. ATS is because the Boston Celtics and Phoenix Suns of all teams, both of them are perfect. Celtics are five and zero. Suns are eight and zero against the division. Kings are right behind them at seven and two, and then you have the Lakers all the way at the bottom of the league at one and seven. That was enough for me. Uh, I just wanted a reason to, to fade the Lakers, honestly. Like I just wanted a reason to fade the Lakers, and so that was enough for me to get there and fade them in this spot. Um, there's no way I bet this side. But in terms of picking games, that was enough for me. I didn't really care about anything else. If you're taking the Lakers, just I'd recommend doing what we have been recommending for the last yep. couple of weeks. Just parlay with LeBron points or take yep. something. Like if they're gonna win, LeBron's going for forty. If you're gonna if you're gonna bet the Lakers and they win, get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. 
There's only one the way they could win. There's only one way they could win. They need LeBron to go for 35-40. I'm actually curious how many games they've won and LeBron has not gone for a crazy Probably step. not many. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not many at all. And, you know, LeBron's still chasing the uh, scoring record, which and they I'm say he'll make. a bonus triple-double in this game. Okay. 245 and a half. Scott, what do we do about this? 245 and a half. Is this the highest total we've seen all year? It's uh, up there. If it's from not, what I can remember, there. yes. We've seen a couple of 240, like twos, maybe a 243 in there. 245 and a half, from what I can recall, is the highest total. I've yeah, seen. I don't I don't remember seeing anything that high. Having said that, if you want to look at the meetings this regular season, you can understand why the number's this high. Because to go through the actual two games that they've played against each other, three games actually, sorry. First meeting landed uh 234 okay second meeting 254 third meeting 270 uh i'm not taking the under i can't do it 270 really oh scott i'm not i'm not gonna bet the over but i'm not gonna bet the under i i I can't if i'm gonna play it i'll take some player prop overs for points and i'll hope it, it balances out LeBron 35, Westbrook 20, uh, throwing maybe a Sabonis in there, De'Aaron Fox, who's historically killed the Lakers. You know what I mean. You can find some good spots to get a same-game parlay going for actual points. Okay. Uh, I'll have to find this stat. I'm going to find it somewhere and figure out what the NBA has done with totals above 245. <laughs> I want to be contrarian so bad, but I can't. I, I, I'm going to just close my eyes and take the under and hope that one quarter, one quarter, that's all I need, one quarter not to be a 60-point quarter. If I plan on just watching one. this game, I don't want the under. I'm going to be absolutely miserable watching this game with the under. So I'm just Oh, gonna... no. I So that's the point. I don't plan on watching. One, this is a late game. I kind of want to watch this game, though. Total's 245 and a half. It's just a lot of fun. Watch the first quarter. The first quarter isn't a 64 quarter. Get back in on over. That's a move. Take the first quarter over <laughs> and just hope for 70 points in the first quarter. You know, a uh, freaking... Toronto and Milwaukee had 78 points in the first quarter yesterday. Oh, yeah, my lock was the under in that game. It was a lot of fun fun. with the under getting 78 in the first quarter. The honest didn't even play. Like, the line plummeted, and yet it didn't even matter. But at least I won with the Spurs. But that was was an interesting uh, time. Because my homeboy put it in the chat. It was like, yo – I love the under. He was like, I don't like a lot of plays in NBA Day, but I love the under for Toronto and Milwaukee. And something in my mind, I was like, oh, it just seems too easy. Like, it just seems like it makes too much sense. And that first quarter had 78 points. Like, Oh, yeah. Game. Yeah, I, I had the under in, in that game. Yeah, oh, my but. gosh. All right. 63 is the total in this quarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. Um, Sure. Yeah, screw it. Why not? More, more the merrier at this point. I mean, how do well, you not what, just go for some type of player prop parlay of like Fox 30 points, LeBron 35, and you just piece something together there? I mean, isn't that what you do? I mean, it feels I that mean, way. the only way that doesn't hit is if the game goes under. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. I really, I mean, hey, if you're one of those degenerate betters, the third and fourth quarter both have totals under 60. So, 
if you like the over, I mean, you might as well go to those quarters and bet over 60 because every quarter is We saw last guaranteed. time that they played, there were no defensive adjustments made in the second half. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get the people up out of here. Scott, lock and dog time for us. For me, my lock is going to be... Let's just take the second half of the game out of the equation. Memphis minus four and a half in the first half. For my dog, let's go with... Man, this is probably not a good move for a dog at all. But if if I don't bet Minnesota today and they win outright against Denver, I will be kicking myself. Like, I really will be kicking myself not taking Minnesota when Rudy Gobert was probably out. And that's why they lost to the Jazz, because Rudy Gobert played five minutes in that game. They might have actually won that game. If Rudy I thought Gobert you might take the Clippers. So I'm kind of fascinated by your choice. No, because... Everybody knows it's a system play. I don't like taking oh, okay. my system plays as lock and dog because I feel like I'm cheating the people because they're already playing. Like, my clients are already playing the Clippers. They already are. They don't care if the Clippers have a good potential to lose this game. Like, if there was ever a game for Utah to cover as a favorite, it's this one. However, there's been a lot of other games that Utah was guaranteed to cover as a favorite, and they didn't. So that's why I'm still on the Clippers. Yeah, I'll take Minnesota plus 250. Okay. Uh, so for me, I'm trying to think of what I want to go with for the lock here. Uh, for the lock, I am going to go with. Uh, I mean, I want to. I want to consider OKC, but uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, like, I don't know if I actually want to, you know, go through with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the player prop here. I'm going to go back to Jalen Brunson. I'm going to take Brunson over 25 and a half. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, you're looking at his recent performances. He's had at least 26 and seven straight. He had 34 against Washington about a. Uh, about a week ago, 25 and a half. I get the number might seem about high. a week ago. We could go about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, but Brunson's been so good offensively. I can't go against him. I think 25 and a half is too low. Washington defensively is not great. We mentioned before, they don't exactly have any ball stoppers, especially on the, on the perimeter. I like Brunson in the spot. I'll take Brunson over 25 and a half points. All right. And for my dog, uh, what do I want to go with here? I I hate the Clippers so much. Like I don't think I can actually get away with that. I don't think I can. I don't think I can do it for my well being. I don't think I can take it. Um, you know what? It's a massive total, but I think they could hang around. Give me the Lakers money line. All right. I think that game is so crazy and absurd with points that the Lakers can find a way to actually hang in there. I'll take a Lakers money one. Well, I'm telling you, if you take anybody else other than LeBron to score a bunch of points, you're probably getting that at like plus a million. That was kind of my alternate. I, was, I thought about either taking Lakers money line or LeBron 40 plus. Actually, you know what? I think I might just take LeBron too because if he ends up not playing, I get, I can eject and I get a refund. <laughs> it's a built-in insurance policy if I just take LeBron yeah. points instead. Uh, there's no way, like LeBron's you said story. it. There's no way that they cover this game and LeBron doesn't have a crazy game. Like there's no way they they win and LeBron doesn't have a crazy game. Yeah, I'm just trying to see what the price is. I mean, LeBron's number is like 33 and a half as well. So it's not going to be an insane plus price. Uh, it's plus 250. I'll take that. I'll take LeBron 40 plus. 
All right. Plus 250, LeBron 40 plus. How do you do against the Kings last time? Oh, uh, sprinkle it with a win, Scott. Uh, you can sprinkle it with a win if you want to, but I think I'm just going to take the points. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I still don't like this uh, Lakers team. <laughs> but he had 37 points last game. He, t- he attempted 28 shots. So the volume's there. LeBron 40 plus, I'll, I'll take as my dog. I, p- I gave out the Kings, and I'm telling you to take them <laughs> on money line. <laughs> just give me a LeBron. I just think if LeBron scores 40, they, they're going to win. Like, if LeBron scores 40 against the Kings, they're going to win. I'd agree with you if the total wasn't 245 and a half. That means LeBron can go for 50, and they still might lose the game. So yeah. if, I, I do think that if you want to look for another shot here, maybe some type of Sabonis masterclass because he's killed this team. So you can go for a couple options there. But LeBron 40 plus. Let's do it thing that's going in your favor the one team that the lakers have beaten in the division kings yeah all right that's enough we took enough of your time about 90 minutes of your time go out there win your bets have a great day scott anything else for the people before you get up out of here no not really a long show because we like to talk a lot i'll be back once again on friday stay tuned we might be doing the nfl show tonight i'm assuming we'll have player props by then do we have player props already god bless everybody listening to this show and yeah. what we'll, I'm we'll, gonna we'll figure it out. Tonight. But the point is for the NFL show, I do see player props. So we'll be back later today. Stay tuned for that. But until next time, as always, you know, good luck to all your NBA plays. You know, Moonoff tried to not have me talk about the Giants game. No respect. That is, is wild. That is like content that is just not, was almost not heard by people's ears. However, you will hear us talk about it's the been Giants. fixed. So now you are talking about the Giants. I get to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Giants in the same game. My Super Bowl matchup in the same game, mm-hmm. man, uh, in the same podcast, man. I'm going to play off survivor pools. So I got to figure out who I want to use this week. I use the Giants first round. So smart, smart guy. Smart guy. You got to go. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go Chiefs here. You don't have another good spot where you feel as comfortable as playing the Chiefs except here. As of right now, I'm 80% sold on Chiefs. Yeah, there, there's no there's no other spot where you feel as comfortable playing the Chiefs. The AFC is a crapshoot, so I'm with you. That's kind of where I'm leaning at this point. All right. Everybody, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. Make sure you follow us on social media, SGPN NBA. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. But other than that, I really have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. I'm trying to give you your time back. So here it goes. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.